bit bizarre. Like, you know, my like the hardest task in life for the last two months has been finding an orange triangle, and, and now I'm trying to remember how to, yeah, <laughs> look after people again. Kia ora tato. That was Brooke Thomas. I'm Matt Raymond. And I'm Eugene Bingham. And this is Dirt Church Radio. Interesting conversations with interesting runners. Hey Eugene, how many things have you been panic buying from Wild Things? Yeah, I think, is it a truck pulling up? <laughs> it's an Air Force helicopter. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I, I went on the uh, VIP, um, I got went and hooked in for the VIP the lounge. discount. Yeah. You know, because you can, anyone can shop on the Wild Things website and they've got a range of excellent stuff, but if you're the VIP member... Get the ka-ching. You get the, you get the discount. The discount. What, so, what did you buy? Oh, what didn't I buy? I just clicked. You just clicked on stuff? I just clicked on stuff. I panic bought, panic, panic purchased. Um, started because I, when I was running on Saturday, Sunday, you know how your bottles start to leak? Yes. Yeah, in a leaky bottle. Right. Didn't end there. Need a new bottle? Yeah, and it didn't end there. Right. Just keep going. Anyway, I've got a truck turning up, so I have to keep going. Can we get going? <laughs> um, but it, you can hook into these VIP savings if you sign up uh, and use the code DCR2021. Uh, All you get, caps. Yeah. You get VIP membership for 15 months for the price of 12. Yep. And what happens is at the end of the month, Mal is happy. And We're he, happy. he sends us a little... Uh, as as a way of saying thanks yeah. for people using the DCR code. So if you use the DCR2021 code, you get something out of it. We get something out of it. Mal gets something out of it. Everyone's you join happy. the community, everyone's happy. Yeah. Do it. Things. Club. Mm. Hey, Eugene, I've got a confession. What's that? Uh, you know, last week when you were like, there's a, there's a new pocket on my Zygos that you put your phone in. I was like, oh, well, I, I, said, when I said new pocket. It's been there all along, but I didn't I found know a about new it. Pocket, and I was and like, you were going, you were I going, knew yeah, yeah. about that pocket. Yeah. I didn't know about that pocket. <gasps> and I actually, by accident, when I was going out for a run, found it. And other people have been reaching out to us saying, we also did not take the time to properly investigate our Zygos pack when we purchased it. Yeah. And we have found that you know, carrying our phone in our pants or in a belt around our waist like animals, um, mm. where there's just that you can, a little repository, you can put it in there, keeps dry. So Fantastic. when you, when last week I was telling you about this pocket and you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah, dismissive. Yeah. You were very dismissive yeah. of me, but it turns out you didn't know about it either. And I heard from someone else, no name's Petra, uh, who said, I, this is embarrassing, but I've been using this vest every week and, and washing it and stuff and I'd never noticed it either. Uh, amazing. There's actually someone posted up on our Instagram as we are recording this saying the same thing. Good news. Ultraspire.co.nz have the Zygos 4 finally back in stock in the, the large, large size. Mm. The Ultra Flask 550 and the Soft Flask 500ml option so you get a normal thing and then those Marathon de Sable kind of sticky outy straw. Is that a drink bottle? I think it is. It's not an antenna. Like I thought you, it was an antenna. I think you're getting a bit Wrapped up in this whole 5G vaccine thing. No, no, it wasn't that. I just thought it was, I thought people were like taking precautions for like not getting lost. <laughs> right. I thought it was it's a garment thing or something. Two gar- yeah, two EPIRBs yeah. for a run around river No, head. but it's a, what is it? It's a soft flask. Like they're coming into fat, they're, yeah. they're the next, they're the coming thing. It's the, yeah. it's the sticky outy yeah. thing. Yeah. Tom Wickram had them the other day. Yeah. I'd be so worried about falling over. I put my eye out with it. Yep. Yeah, so the Zygos 4, large, mm. finally back in stock. Fantastic pack, our go-to pack. And the Ultra Flask 550s and the Soft Flasks are back in stock with any kind of option. You want to get your normal kind of one and then the weird 
poke your eye out. Hey, one. look, if people want to get like decent advice rather than our advice where we don't even know about the pack until we, <laughs> oh, I know about the we pack. discover just... about the pack, you know, years later, yeah. where should they go? Ultraspy.co.nz. There you go. They go something like further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster now. Go further, faster, they're in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jack is delicious. Go further, faster now. Ditchitch Radio. Happy anniversary, Eugene. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Mm, we've had the day off, it's Auckland anniversary day, mm. and it's episode 128. We made it. We did. Yeah, yeah, just Auckland Anniversary Weekend. That's all. And a few other places. Yeah, where? Yeah. Uh, well, Bay of Plenty. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Stuff like that. Anyway, yeah. Awkward. But <laughs> I know. Double, double booked Anniversary Weekends, but yep. Yep. how's everyone going? We're getting closer to some very big races. And, and there were some big races big over races the weekend. Too. It was a busy, busy weekend. Busy we had a good weekend. run in the forest too. We did. Good run with some very, very, very keyed up we were dialed. in the minority because we weren't running the Tarawera 100 miles. <laughs> <laughs> we had a friend running with us and he said, oh, who's running the 100 miles? Actually, it's easier if we just hands up who's not yeah. running the 100 miles. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was it was good. It was a beautiful, beautiful morning in the forest and their training has gone amazing and I can't wait to see how they all go. Absolutely. Can't and, wait to see how everyone goes. And it's, it's true that any sort of event, um, you learn a lot about yourself and it is a sacrifice and you delay gratification. And I think we need to talk about that yeah. because something happened on the weekend that was really, really extraordinary. Um, remember episode 59, we did an interview with the Speed Freaks from Odyssey House in Christchurch. Now, the Speed Freaks is a running club based at... Um, the at, at Odyssey House in at Odyssey Church. House in yeah. the facility, which it's an inpatient um, treatment facility for alcohol and other drug dependency. Some cool's been happening there. So Jeremy Wheeler, one of the runners who's been helping out Speed Freaks, has been keeping us in the loop about Leo, who's one of the runners, and Ben Keeps, who's uh, you know famous Hagley Hombre, Cactus Outdoors, yep. uh, runs with Yoni Keeps as well. His son, he wrote this about Leo. So, so he's, he's one of the Speed Freaks coaches <coughs> as well. Ben is. Yes, mm. absolutely. And Leo is one of the, one of the men who's, mm. who's, who's made this commitment to recovery and this commitment to running. So it says, Ben says, Leo is one out of the bag, despite all of the labels that society would put upon him. And despite the fact that running long distances is actually really hard work, Leo got inspired and just like Forrest Gump, kept on running. At the same time, and as a direct result of the running, our formerly podgy mate is slowly morphing into a lean, mean running machine. A month or so ago, Leo and two of the Speed Freaks coaches went out and did a 50k training run in the Port Hills. Despite it being far in excess of what he'd done before, Leo displayed all the grit and resilience that will stand him in good stead as he reintegrates into society and finished that run with a smile on his face and if not a spring in his step, at least still with forward motion. And so we come to this weekend. Leo is challenging the 75km distance at the Port Hills Ultra, an event that is well over 4,000 vertical metres of climbing, or for those who like metric analogies, half the height of Mount Everest. So, you know... Obviously, what Leo is doing is inspiring and incredible. Yeah, and so he set off, and he was aiming to be the sp- first speed freak runner to run to complete an ultra marathon. And he set off uh, with Ben, and um, yeah, we got an update on Saturday night saying, yep. "Look, he's done it. He finished fourth equal with Ben in the seventy-five k in thirteen hours, twenty-one seconds." Um, and you know, 
amazing, amazing outcome. And congratulations to Leo, to Ben, to everyone involved with Speed Freaks. It really is just something that so many people get in behind in and is, is fantastic. And we've got a little, another little update from Jeremy who um, Leo didn't have any polls and oh. um, Scotty Hawker uh, loaned him some just before the event and, <laughs> and he was stoked. And then after the event, Scotty says, no, nah, no, you keep them. So he's got these amazing polls. Yeah. yeah. And then we also heard from Anna at Odyssey House too. And so she says, Leo and Ben completed the 75k run in 13 hours. What a day and not the easiest event for our first ultra runner. Hell no. Leo had wanted to use the run and his running stories to raise funds, supporting new runners in their events. As always, a challenge for Odyssey House, a challenge for them. He's created a healthy amount to start the new year with and we're super proud. The Speed Freaks has been quite a journey and impacts in so many ways. Our own residents, coaches, the running community, and as we see at events, non-runners too. Unlikely connections and positive role models. Quite simply, at times, it's like witnessing magic. Mm. So this year, we're looking to take Speed Freaks model, running for recovery beyond our service, and offer this the big picture throughout New Zealand. The first step is, like all community projects, is funding, and once this is in place, local champions, runners, and services lead their areas. We'll be putting... Leo's fundraising link in our show notes. And this is really super important. And I mm. can't, as a, as a health professional, I can't understate the uh, incredible um, process that would have had to go for, for, yeah. for, for Leo mm. to, to undertake mm. that. So, Leo, if you're listening, well done. Yeah, mate. Yeah, incredible. And we can't see, can't wait to see how you, you know, how you get on in the future and just, You'll always remember that moment. Incredible, incredible. Well done. And if you want to go back and listen yes. to uh, episode 59. Episode 59 of the Speed Freaks and, 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 and just how special and how amazing uh, that process is, you know. And that organisation. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Get, people, get amongst it. There and, the, and the people who go there. So, yep. yeah. Hey, um, how impressive was Ian Evans last week? Uh, he was very impressive. Yeah. Very. It was a delightful conversation. Yeah. A delightful human being. I went away feeling quite inspired. Um, mm. It's that's one of the privileges about doing this thing is you sort of constantly get your cup, your inspiration cup filled. Yeah, um, yeah. There's never any excuse for for not running on a Tuesday morning, is there? No, no. <laughs> Tomorrow morning I'm going to get up with the alarm. I promise. <laughs> Ian last week, yeah. and this week it's Brooke Thomas. Yeah, so you can't kind of dip out on a. No you know. way. I mean, Brooke. Yeah, Ian Brooke. You know. Um. So Brooke Thomas, she smashed the female FKT on Tiara and beat Lucy Clark's record of 66 days by setting a time of 57 days, 12 hours and 16 minutes. But as you'll hear, there was just so much more to it than that. And in the end, the FKT became almost insignificant to her. She raised mm. more than 20K for Heart Kids, which is a, a charity close to her, you know. Heart? F- yep, for reasons that you'll hear. And it, it really was so much more to this, uh, to this whole epic, epic adventure, mm. and, and you'll love hearing about it. It's just well, lots of moments that Matt and I were standing here with our, our mouths open yep. talking to Brooke, um, just gobsmacked at Amazing what she went through and the, the, the courage and ticker that it took for her to do what she did and the team around her, including her mum and dad. So, yeah, amazing conversation. How have you been, Matt? <laughs> well, remarkably well, actually. <laughs> than to, you know... Keeping on, keeping on. I'm enjoying the structure of training. It's great to feel back into the swing of things and building up towards, you know, Wu2K. And I'm looking forward to Tarawera. Mm. And and we were talking on the weekend, you know, we both get a bit worried about being late and, and sort of... Oh, that no, sort I don't. Letting people no, down. I don't. No, I don't get cool. a little bit worried. Totally cool. <laughs> totally easy I, I don't about get it. a little bit worried. I get stressed out <laughs> about it. I'd rather be an hour, la- hour early than a minute late. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is sweet. This is going to be so good. This is going to be. And then I got all the in- induction inf- information to read mm. the other day at the start. And, and I started, I was like, oh, this is really, really real. This is serious. It's, it's nothing compared to, you know, those people that have been training for so long and, and about to undertake, you know, the distances. But, you know, I, I really want to do a good job and sort of mm. turn up. So mm. it, it, it is taking a little bit of space. And, but yeah. it's a good thing to do. It's yeah. a, I, I didn't think I'd feel FOMO for the event because I haven't for a long time and I started to and now having this role to do, I don't. Yeah, I'm super excited to get down. Cool. And you? Mm. Yeah. I, well, I'm doing. I'm got pacer duties with Jean, so yep. I've been uh, practicing my pacer duties. You know, trying to come up with bad dad jokes. I did try out a drill sergeant routine the other day. You know, on who? Uh, yeah, I just tried it out when I was on the street. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'll go with that though. No, it's not yeah. really you. Any Any tips for me on uh, pacer training? Send them into Dirt Church. Radio at gmail.com. Anyway, uh, no, I'm really looking forward to it. And it was nice to run with Gene and, and Smudge uh, in the forest the other day and sort of get the feel of what it's going to be like. So, um, yeah, as I said, I, I do have this I have this sort of low-level anxiety that's building in me about being late. Right. I'm, I'm going to start waking up in the middle of the night sort of stressing that I haven't turned up to Okatona on time. So, yeah, I probably will be out there before the race actually starts, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying, enjoying, looking forward to that. And I'm enjoying the phase of training I'm in at the moment. I did a stair, sesh, stair session the other day, 10 times one minutes upstairs. Holy moly. My calves were still feeling it on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time to be running upstairs, eh? Yeah. 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 What stairs did good. you go to? I went to the Kennedy Park ones over ah. at, uh, what is that? Is it Castor Bay or something? Yes. Um, on the North Shore. And yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Right. Okay. Heaps of races over the weekend. Jumbo Holdsworth and the Tararua Rangers. You see they had a bit of snow on top. Tararua are no joke at no, all. Good old summer, right? Eh? Yeah. Um, and so I didn't realise until I was reading through the results, I should have picked this up a few years ago, that you can run either way. Ah. You do Jumbo first, Jumbo Holdsworth or Holdsworth Jumbo. Really? Okay. Yeah, and then they tabulate the results. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's there was a, um, a new record in the Hooper Loop Vet men's race. James Richardson, he took 24 seconds from his Wellington Scottish athletics compatriot, Ben Winder. Um, we got that from the... Uh, Facebook page of the fantastic event down there. Um, and there was just a real ding-dong battle between Weston Hill and Ryan Carr. Oh, what a throwdown that would have been. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 I mean, it had everything this race, didn't it? And it's good that, it's good to see Ryan back. You know, mm. he, he was he was off to Europe. Uh, I think he's Sinead. I can't even say that. The word seasonal, seasonal uh, and yeah. he got hurt and all that stuff. It's really, really great to see him back. So mm. um, amazing, amazing. Yeah. And Ali Wilson too, um, multi-sporter who just really, you know, took on that race, didn't she? So she ended up winning. Um, she was going Holdsworth Jumbo and right. she won the women's race, 2.59.23. Joanne Elliott in three hours flat in two seconds and then Perrett Clade. Three hours, two minutes, and nine seconds. So she went Holdsworth Jumbo. Yeah. And people went Jumbo Holdsworth. Yeah. So there was the first two went Holdsworth Jumbo, 
Third place, Perrette went Jumbo Holdsworth. There you go. In the men's? In the men's, so it was Ryan Carr in the Jumbo Holdsworth in 216.57, Weston Hill in 219.21, he did the Jumbo Holdsworth as well, and Aaron Whitford did the Holdsworth Jumbo in 234.59. I'm intrigued. Yeah. I was today years old when I learned that that was a thing. So you must pass each other at some point. You would, yeah. You'd be flying past. Wow. Wow. How good. There you go. There you go. Um, okay, Tussock Traverse. Amazing. So that's been, I mean, that's been like 17 years. Oh, well, 17th running of it anyway. So, such an institution that was. Yeah, through the World Heritage Tongariro National Park in the central North Island there. Um, Charlotte Milne won in 733.34. Emma O'Connor second in 737.13. And Rachel Cashin in 744.40. And Third. in the men's race, we this have is the 50k. This is the 50k, the Tusk of Fire. Elliot Cree, uh, 547.58. Carl Rudge in 620.37. And Jared Teddy in 641.54. And the 32k, Maddie Dillon, 307.11. Lucy Strack, 332.48. And Zoe Hollander, 337.40. Chris Sibley and the men's one in 257.38. Then there was Josh Stevens in 301.49 and Brett Clayton in 302.43. Yeah. And in the 21K, it was Reese Johnston took out the men's in 137.26 and Sue Crowley took out the women's in 147.42, breathing down his neck there. So, um, on the, and there was a 12K too. Yeah. Ian Tarbottom, uh, 101.57 and Nicola O'Neill, 110.04. Amazing. Mm. So we talked about Leo. We talked about the, the, the Port, port Hills. The port Hills. Mm. Yeah. Seemed like a lot of people did not finish that race. Yeah. Yeah. When I was going through the results, there was a lot of DNFs there. Uh, so a really tough event by the looks of it. Mm. In fact, there were no, for instance, women's finishes in the 100K or the 75K. There were lots of people DNF. But um, Daniel Anderson won in the 100K, 14, 46, 34. Uh, Paul Humphreys was first in the 75K. 11, 37, 39, and... Um, uh, Josie Parkinson, Josie Parkinson was first in yeah. the 50, and she was 18, 34. Yeah, yeah. And the men was uh, Shannon Baitup, uh, 6, 44, 48. Yes, right. Greatest, Greatest run, run ever. ever. Greatest run ever. Greatest run ever. What's this part of the show, Matt? It's the part of the show we ask in... No, we write in. I always get... I always get thrown by my voice going, greatest run ever. And then it goes, greatest run ever. Yeah. It's oh. so part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or mountain summit. It might just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason. You can send it into us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this is from Chantal Dulis. Hi, guys. My greatest run ever was my first ever 50-kilometer run and the longest run I've ever done by 20 kilometers. At the end of June this year... And she says, between our lockdowns here in Melbourne, I started running again. And as the mother of two preschool-age kids, I found I needed some space and time alone. So eight weeks out from the Surf Coast Century in Anglesey, I took a deep breath and signed up for the 50k trail through the beautiful Otways, thinking at worst I knew I could walk the whole race and still come in under the cutoff. Having never run on trails before, I stocked up on all the gear and a couple of weeks out I went and did a couple of different trails with friends and quickly discovered how very different this was going to be to my normal road running. I had a couple of niggly little injuries, but if many of us do, I completely ignored them and hoped that my taper period would be enough to heal up. The power of taper. I know, if you could bottle the taper, I 
you, you <laughs> on the day of the race, I drove down the coast and wandered about by myself. I didn't know anyone at the race, and due to COVID, there were restrictions on crew and spectators. With two little kids, it would have been a bit tricky for my husband to crew the whole day, so I decided to go it alone. I started in wave four, which was, she says, at the back of the pack, expecting to finish in around eight and a half hours. I got chatting to several really beautiful people as we jogged through the stunning trails of the Otway National Park. The first 19 kilometres absolutely flew by. I couldn't believe it when we got to the first checkpoint. I also couldn't believe it that I had only tripped over once so far. My first couple of trail runs ended with a donation of knee skin to the track and sore ankles owing to the rots and tree roots. The big scary hill everyone talked about wasn't that big or scary and I felt great as I made it to the second checkpoint at 27 kilometres. It was between 27 kilometres and 35 kilometres that I struggled most. This part of the course with its gentle undulating hills going downhill really scared me with the slippery rocks and in my mind steep tracks but when I hit that 35k mark I knew that nothing was going to stop me now. I made it through and we were on the beach, completing three to four kilometres right at the end of, on, on the sand. I kept waiting for the pain to hit, for that mental negativity to come into play where I'd have to battle my mind to keep pushing on, fighting to keep on going. We've all experienced it, even on training runs, but it never came. Instead, my husband and beautiful girl surprised me at the 45k mark on the beach and in Aww. tears I started running more and walking less again as my big girls ran beside me. And egged me on, and then something weird happened. In the last 4K, I started passing people. My five-year-old daughter met me at the finishing shoot, and she held my hand and sprinted for all she was worth. So did I. We crossed the line together in 7.20.57, an hour faster than I thought I was going to take. I'm so proud of this run for so many reasons, but the biggest was that I was able to show my kids, and to be honest myself, that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I went from 0K to 50K in five months. I had only six weeks of build-up and two weeks of taper from signing up for the race. Trained in the middle of a pandemic when we were allowed to go no more from 5K from our homes. Fitting training in whenever I could during the curfew whilst parenting two little kids and working four days a week. I'm proud of myself, and that's why this was my greatest run ever. Cheers, Chantal. Whoa. Amazing. Amazing. And Jermaine, to our main, uh, Jermaine, to our main guest. Uh, at, oh, God, that's the, Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Well, it is. Things, and it's things just, run in themes, don't they? They do. They do. Chantal, that is incredible, and... Um, I can imagine how emotional it would have been with your kids turning up as a surprise there. Absolutely. And good on you. So uh, keep sending in your greatest runs ever. We love seeing them and reading them. And you can read, so Chantel's version was a little bit abridged, but you can read the full version on our website. Right, Brooke Thomas. On to our main Mm. event. So Brooke Thomas, speaking of someone who can put it, do anything that they put their mind to. Brooke Thomas is a registered nurse, an ex-competitive rower who had a heart scare that stopped her racing. She had a pacemaker inserted and, you know, spent several years travelling and studying oh. and, and, and doing all sorts of stuff. And, and last week she did something absolutely extraordinary. She said in fastest known time on the Te Arador Trail, 57 days, 12 hours and 16 minutes. Um, she ran to um, raise money for heart kids and actually ran... Not for the fastest known time, but mm. for the experience. And you get to hear her talk about it in this conversation. It's fantastic. We're so thankful to have her on. So without any further ado or delay, Brooke Thomas. Radio. We're on the line with Brooke Thomas all the way from Queenstown. Kia ora, Brooke. How are you going? Hey. I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Really oh, well. Good. I mean, it, it seems... You know, it's kind of you to ask us how we are, but I mean, I think everyone's more interested in, in, in the state of you. I mean, you, you ran the length of the country a, a week ago. How are you feeling? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
yeah, well, I guess I've had to say this a few times this week, like um, people are expecting me to be a bit more rich than I am, but it wasn't like I was racing every day, you know, I was like the aim of the game was to get up and go again the next day and the next day. So, um, yeah, I feel pretty good, really. <laughs> That's amazing to hear. Are you back at work? Are you just kind of easing back into the, the readjustment of, of normal life? No, I'm back at work. I used up all my leave for like the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, no. So, um, but no, it's probably good to be back and just have like a new focus, um, sort of, yeah, get back into normal life again. Wow. Yeah. And, and so you're, you're a registered nurse? I am, yeah. Fantastic. And what sort of area do you work in? Are you in a ward or community or...? Yeah, um, I don't know if you've ever been to Queenstown Hospital, but it's a tiny little um, hospital. So we all just work in the... There's a general ward. We take everything and then an ED and everyone just works in both areas. Oh, cool. um, yeah, and then we also do transfers to... Dunedin and Invercargill Hospital, so um, like one day a week you'll be the on-call nurse that takes patients in the ambulance, so it's a nice mix-up. Yeah, mm. that is a nice mix-up. It must have been such a readjustment though, hey? Coming back? Yeah, <laughs> coming back to being... Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit bizarre, like, you know, my like the hardest task in life for the last two months has been finding an orange triangle, and, and now I'm trying to remember how to, yeah, <laughs> look after people again. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think, you know, everyone freaking out us. They're coming back after their Christmas holidays and, yeah, um, um, amazing. And it's good to hear that you, you're, doing, you're doing so well. I mean, it's an epic undertaking and epic gets used a lot, right? But to, to you know, set the fire, to, to, to run Te Araro, to go on the trail and to set the FKT, that's an epic, epic uh, undertaking. When did you decide to do it? And how long had you been thinking about this before you attempted it? I've, um, it's something I've wanted to do, um, like way back since like 2011. Um, but I just haven't had like an opportunity, like a good, like, um, I was studying and then I'd moved cities and I'm really good at breaking my bones. So I'd had eight broken bones in the last 10 years. So there was never like a good year to do it. (laughs) Um, and then this year was sort of, um, I actually went for a run with Adam Keen um, from Aerobic Edge after lockdown and just said, like, oh, yeah, this is an idea that I've had, but I haven't been able to pull it together yet. Um, and he was like, well, do you want to do it this year? So it was like a five-month build-up, and then I just went and did it. What is it – what is the – I guess lots of things need to line up for you to be able to do this. As you say, you've got to be able to have leave. You've got to be injury-free, but you've also got to train for it. What does that look like? I think the benefit for me is like I'm a, I was and still am in my mind a complete amateur. I've never really raced in the running world, um, so I didn't really overthink that part. I just thought, oh, this sounds like something cool. Um, it's an adventure. I want to go do it. So, um, um, Adam was awesome. At, um, he kind of got me into the gym, which I had never done before, um, did some some speed sessions and, like, kind of just made sure I was covering enough Ks. But prior to that, I'd just been running because running something I like doing. So, mm. yeah. So when, when you say got into the gym, what were you what were you trying to do and what or what did you do? Just strengthening and, like, um, I guess enough to sort of prevent injuries. Mm. Um, 
yeah. But because um, it's not like you, I guess it's not like you can run. You can't run enough k's to be able to to um, sustain yourself for that long. Otherwise, you just end up, I guess, being too tired before you even got there. So it's more about conditioning your body. Is that, that what you're saying? Yeah, I guess that was his goal, and my goal was, like I say, that like I was pretty chaotic last year with. Um, like I was studying as well and working full time. And so I didn't really, I, um, I offloaded the job of logistical kind of management to my dad, which was amazing. Yeah. He had just um, retired. Um, so he kind of dealt with that. And then Adam gave me a program. I just went and did what he told me to do. Wow. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, um, I've also become really good friends with Mina Holder who had previously mm. She was the first girl mm. to do it. Um, so hanging out with – when I was living in Wellington, I hung out with her a lot, and she just made it feel like a very achievable, normal thing to be attempting. Yeah. yeah. So, and you, you yeah. caught up with her in, in Wellington and, and George Henderson. Yeah. Oh, they're both just like the most amazing humans, so humble and so supportive and like zero kind of competitive – nature to either of them they just wanted to see me achieve and and enjoy what they had enjoyed yeah Um, yeah so that was really cool Mina was like a massive part of this whole thing oh brilliant Um, and then she also came down to um Invercargill when I was finishing which was really cool oh Um, wow surprised me on the beach um just rocked up and yeah George and his parents um they had a lot of a lot of input with helping with advice on logistics and like, like I say, I had no idea what I was into and neither did mum and dad. So yeah. um, they were, yeah, amazing. Fantastic. Help. And I saw that you shared a, a WhatsApp message from Lucy Clark as mm. well. Yeah. So another like awesome sportsmanship kind yeah. of person, I guess. Yeah. Um, she was really willing to be in touch. I didn't end up, just everything was pretty busy before getting off and then it just didn't work out. We didn't actually end up talking but she had offered support if I wanted it um and Fantastic. yeah was really um yeah congratulating me at the end which was amazing yeah so. oh, wonderful yeah. and did you when had you decided that you were going to have a crack at the FKT uh, um I don't know I don't know how to kind of answer that question because uh, without sounding like patronizing or no, no, no. the FKT was and is awesome but yep. it wasn't even my main goal right um I just wanted to go and I just thought it would be cool to run the length of the country and then I just thought well um I potentially could do that under 60 days I'll just give it a try yeah um so I guess that kind of came up yeah, like it wasn't it. Like I say, it wasn't like my main focus or my sure. main yeah. drive. But I just thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I also do like winning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, well, I may as well try and see what happens. And I've got nothing to lose. And so, yeah, um, that was. And then it just kind of looked after itself. So. Fantastic! You just you, you followed the process, as it were. Yeah, like just we we kind of made a plan of you know okay, well you want to try and go under sixty days, so this is the rough distances that you're going to attempt each day, which was like, that's the biggest, hardest part of this mission to like the logistics of figuring out tired times and river crossings and um, 
you know, where you can meet your camper each night if that's what you're going to do and hut nights and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, so just broke it down into 60 days and then um, <laughs> went for it. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned you like winning. I mean, your background in competitive sports is in rowing. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But you, I mean, I, I, you enjoyed that, and you you took that to a to a high level, yeah. Um, I I loved rowing. It was I don't know if you know any rowers, but it's quite a kind of like a real tight family. That mm. and it's like you live and breathe it. Um, so yeah, and I was really lucky with the opportunities I was given in my rowing days. Um, where did, I never got as sorry, sorry. I was going to say, where did you row? Yeah, so I never, um, I never, oh, so I rode um, in Blenheim. I was rowing for the Central Arpies, like regional performance centre uh, in the summers. And then I was at Uni at Otago in the winter, so I was rowing for Uni Otago. Um, and then, like, I never quite got to, so I rowed for New Zealand as an under 21, mm-hmm. and we went to Aussie. Um, but I had a series of events um, that just were unfortunate that I never quite got to where I wanted to get to with rowing. Yeah. And so I guess that was a big um, – I just didn't want to be one of those people that was like, oh, I could have been or, I, you know, um, I nearly rowed for New Zealand. I did row for New Zealand as an under-21, but, mm. um, you know, I didn't get there. The body I had, you know – it's easy to say, oh, if I had, if I didn't have that injury, it could have happened. Well, it didn't happen, sure. and that, mm. you know. And so, with this run, it was kind of a chance for me to prove to myself, like, what can I do, mm. um, so that I didn't have to live with that what if kind of situation with from rowing days, if that makes sense. A little mm. bit of unfinished business. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. <laughs> what what boat were you in? Um, I raced a single, and then. Um, so as an under twenty one, we raced yep. a double quad and eight. Yeah, and then um, uh, there was a couple world champs that I unfortunately missed out on because of these broken bones that I'm good at giving myself. Um, <laughs> so that was a four and a quad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, rowing is such a. I mean, far out. It's so tough, and it's so. You have to be so focused and mentally tough as much as physically. That must have come in really handy mm. on those days when it was not so fun out on the trail. It's funny you say that because, yeah, I totally did revert back to my rowing days um, and think of my rowing coach and, yeah, um, I definitely kind of draw on those experiences, I guess. Like one I remember we used to do hideous Saturday sessions um we'd go smash ourselves as like a racing kind of session in the morning and then you'd get like an hour off the water and then go back on the water and do really long k's um and you never wanted to get back out there and I I remember yeah like on the run like you know after having lunch some days I was like okay it's just like that second session like get it done (laughs) yeah Yeah. I mean the whole thing like as a layperson who's Never rode the whole thing looks painful. Do you know, like the, the events, like <laughs> yeah, it looks really painful. Pain, the races look really painful, and you think that, gosh, these people are in amazing condition. It must be really painful to get to that point. And yeah, it just looks really, yeah, that that just 
the grunt from the start, hey? Mm. <laughs> yeah, like I've often said I I absolutely loved my rowing days and like the friends I made from rowing and everything. But um, I would never wish any of my children to get into the sport. <laughs> right. It's, it's, <laughs> like it's, well, it's a full commitment and it, yeah, like where's the fun and going backwards yeah. in a boat and like really hurting yourself yeah. every day. And, <laughs> and if it's your kids, it means you have to take them down at four o'clock in the morning as well yeah, or five o'clock in the morning. Too. So there is that too. So <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a good thing to, to that as well. But you, you've had well, sort of, it's been said that you had heart problems that sort of interfered with your rowing career. Do you want to tell us about those? And what happened? Yeah, so I guess that was the unfortunate, like the third um, and final event that kind of pulled me out of rowing. So we had world champs here in 2010 in New Zealand, yeah. um, which was pretty exciting to have um, the world champs in your home territory. Mm. And I was hopeful. I, I Who knows whether I would have um, – I'd like to think that I was relatively competitive that year, and but it didn't work out. I ended up having – I got sick, got into hospital, and then they realised that I had a heart condition mm. and that I needed a um, pacemaker and a defibrillator, so I didn't race. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's, I'm sure it's no, and I can hear it in your voice, I can still hear the kind of the, the emotion, it's no con- consolation that sort of it was taken out of your hands. You know, it's not like for lack of trying or the fact that you just... You know, whatever factor it was a, as a cardiac event, right? It's 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 existential in nature, and if you get told that this isn't something that you can do anymore, that that, that must be no no comfort at all. Yeah, um, it's. I mean, it, it was almost ten years ago now. So all of those, um, it was real at the time, like very hard and hard to accept, and. Um, you know, you go through all those kind of like, why me? Like, why can't it be someone that doesn't care about sport? And like, mm. yeah, but then also it's not so many worse off and it doesn't take. And I, I remember just having, I sat in the waiting room one day and just looked around and was like, okay, get over yourself. Like you're still so lucky to, and there's so many other opportunities in life as well. So if you can't do this, then go find all the other things in the world that you can do. And that was mm, kind of mm, mm. my approach to I left New Zealand. I was like, okay, if I can't row, I'd kind of spent a few years focusing on that. So I was like, right, I'm off and I'm going to go traveling. And I that's what I did. Um, so, yeah. Mm. That must have opened your horizon. Not opened your horizons, but like that given you that that freedom in a way to, to explore other things, hey? Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, um, the... I mean, there's always a silver lining to everything and you can, you kind of have to um, see the positive, I guess, in your situation that you're given. Um, mm. But yeah, the, I remember with um, one year that my rowing crew went to Serbia and I'd broken my wrist. Um, and I was really gutted at the time that I couldn't go, obviously. Um, but they, really good friends of mine, and they came back and they were like, yeah, it was awesome, but we just, all we did was go and row and come back and we've spent a huge amount of money and they weren't as successful as they'd hoped. Right. Whereas I went traveling the next year and spent the same amount of money and had like, you know, a lot longer to explore. And uh, yeah, so, you know, like you say, there's, you've just got to take the take the pros out of the situation. Mm, mm. So then, you know, you, you, you fast forward and I'm just, I'm really, because I, I too am a, a registered nurse and I understand the 
the job and I understand how, how difficult it is. And, and so you're working, you're studying full time. So assume you're doing your postgraduate. Um, yeah, yeah. And what a, what a joy that is, hey? And, um, and, <laughs> and, and, and you're preparing for this race. You, you know, you, you're putting in the work, you're in the gym. And I'm really, I, I really want to hear about your dad. You know, you've sort of gone, all right, dad, I, I want to do this. So you take the logistics. I mean, what was that process like? Did you just, was he, were you just totally hands off or would he check in with you? How did that work? <laughs> um, anyone that knows me will know it was quite a hard sale. I thought, I naively thought that spending time with your delightful youngest daughter and having the opportunity to help her <laughs> achieve a dream would be something that any parent would put their hands up for. <laughs> but I was quickly reminded that there are four children in my family and um, actually what I was asking for was quite a big ask. Um, <laughs> so it took a while to kind of get Dad on board. But um, once, yeah, once they agreed um they he was amazing so he just yeah he completely took the he took it on like a job last year because like I say he'd retired um and he's used to working really hard and so (laughs) then he was volunteering have I got the retirement (laughs) job for you dad (laughs) payment and love yeah that's right (laughs) but um he was a total geek and just yeah like and also he 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 knew he really saw what, um, you know, what I was trying to achieve. Where I had, I had kind of been quite flippant, I guess, in hindsight. That I was like, yeah, it sounds cool. It's something I want to do. Like, don't overthink it. Just go try. And Dad was like, hang on, this is a big <laughs> undertaking. You might die. Uh, yeah, like you need to actually. We need to. We can't just like go on a whim here. You need to think of this through. And so, and then he realized she doesn't have time to think it through. I'll do the thinking. And he did. He was totally my head in the North Island. Um, he was amazing. He just sort of, um, each day he knew what the plan was and what the, you know, like I said, there's like kayaking sections and tide crossings and things. And so he would just, the rule was don't talk about tomorrow until after dinner. Right. Oh, nice. So that I could kind of like, just take bite-sized amounts and then he would just give me the details of the day and um yeah some days I'd even wouldn't even know what I was up to in the afternoon wow wow <laughs> so dad would just update me when I needed updates yeah yeah, yeah. What, a, what a great trust what a great level of trust there and it sounds like you know got the job done I'm interested to hear you know you talked about you'd, you'd sort of break things down into bites I mean I'm, I'm looking at a piece of you know, 1,649 kilometres with 40,000 k of it in December. That's, <laughs> which sounds a lot. When you, what is a lot? I mean, but would you, you say that? Like, that's amazing. How, what were you fueling with? What were you eating? Oh, man. Uh, like, dream time of my life. I've never eaten so much <laughs> with so little guilt. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Like, yeah, I started off as like a, um, like, one of those annoying gluten-free, dairy-free, trying to be a vegan. Like that's the life I was living last year. Um, but by the time I, <laughs> like week two, I was just eating whatever I was handed in copious amounts. Um, and my mum, so dad was the logistics man and mum was um, chef and she's an amazing cook. So yeah. I was very spoiled to have, yeah, like mum's cooking after I don't know how many years of, like I moved out of home when I was 17 and I'm now 32. 
So it was the first time I've had mum look after me again. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And so literally anything. So were you like, did you eat during the day or, or would you have meals or were you just nonstop eating? <laughs> Uh, yeah, all of those things. <laughs> because I um like I wasn't sprinting. I was, you know, I was just yeah. covering the distance. Um so you can eat well, I could I could digest pretty well. And so I'd have like on the days when I could get back to the and I know George was the same as this because his parents support crewed him in a camper. Um on the days when there was you know, that I could get back in to the camper, I'd normally have like just a bowl of porridge in the morning and then like an hour or two later I would have hot breakfast. So it would be like eggs, bacon, hash browns, tomatoes and then um, a couple of hours later I'd have sandwiches or toasties or um, whatever was going really if there was leftovers from the night before. And then like throughout that I would be eating bumper bars and chocolate and chips and um, just so much like junk food like and that was a message I'd sent Lucy probably like maybe three weeks in I texted her saying sorry I haven't had the chance to talk but um if you can give me a tip I can't stop losing weight and I'm eating as much as I possibly can as it is Mm. and she was like yeah just throw all rules out (laughs) and just eat all the calories that you can possibly get your hands on (laughs) so I mean, Lucy is the reason people blame COVID and supply lines. Lucy is the reason that there was a shortage of king-sized blocks of Whitaker's chocolate in the country. For <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was eating like a block a day, which yeah, she I was. was crazy. But then I was like, oh, yeah, I see why. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, I, I was just starving constantly. Yeah. Wow. The, yeah, the demands on the body are just massive, aren't they? Just yeah. the calorific requirements are huge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 kind of that thing, isn't it? You th- you sort of picture and you hear stories, you know, like some guy gets trespassed from McDonald's in Blenheim because he's got into an argument where he wants to fill up his bladder with milkshake. You know, <laughs> just the amount that you need to to sustain yourself at that yeah. level is, is is incredible. And did you? And so, were you taking any supplements with that, or is that just every like that? Just a normal diet, meeting yeah, your calorie so, needs. Um, um, before I went away. Um, Adam Keane put me on to Mickey Willardin. Right. She's a diet, dietitian. Yep. Mm. Um, and she was – well, Adam gave me some pretty good advice as well. But between the two of them, yeah, they got me on to a few um, different supplements, which was something new for me. I had never taken anything like that before. And so I was um, – I probably wasn't taking enough in the beginning and then – I, that's when I had a few health issues, kind of was like, okay, you need to be a bit more careful. And mm. so, yeah. But so like protein, I was like religious about having a protein shake as soon as I got like finished with the day, each day. I was having um, MCT in my breakfast just to add a bit of fat in and um, BCAAs all day long. Um, and then I was religious about magnesium and... Um, Amiga at night time just mm. to help sleep as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, I, I mean, you know, your, your body would be in that constant thing of those little, that the micro muscle breakdown and all of that stuff. I'm sure the magnesium helped with that. How did you sleep? Yeah. Um, 
Like, as in, was your sleep okay? Was it yeah. tough? Was it yeah, interrupted? Yeah, no, no, no. I was trying to decide if I'd tell you that I was, like, which part, which spot in the camper room yeah. next to my mum in single bed. <laughs> no, what um, I mean, like, was it easy to sleep or no? The first, I'm not a very good sleeper at the best of times, but the first few weeks I was, like, pretty sore. My hips were mm. the most sore part. But, um, yeah, by the end I was sleeping pretty well. Yeah. Mm. And Probably not enough hours. Never enough hours never. because yeah. camper life was just, we just never got like our systems quite down enough that yeah. we were always in bed too late and I was up early a lot. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, you're away from home anyway mm. and it's always odd sleeping in a camper van anyway. You know, you've got the noises that you're not used to. There's, so there's lots going on as well yeah. as, yeah, sore legs and sore hips and all that sort of stuff. So no wonder. Yeah. Mm. And maybe nurse life has helped with that, though. Yeah, true. How to cope with that night's sleep. Yeah, yeah. I hear you, sister. Uh, (laughs) So what about you? I mean, there's a lot of huts as well that you have to um, sleep in on the trail. How did that go? Yeah. um, So I was lucky enough. I, I think I probably had about half the amount of hut nights on my own and half with friends or people that were joining me. Um, and that was actually really cool, a really cool part of it because, you know, hut life, you get chatting with the other hut members and um, just getting to hear, uh, there are obviously a lot of TA walkers as well, mm. hearing their stories and swap it, like, especially because I'd been on my own pretty much the whole North Island. It was really cool to meet other people and swap stories because, yeah. like, mum and dad were amazing, but they didn't really get what I was up to on when I was out each day you know they just um so it was nice swapping stories with people that had also been experiencing the same mm. dramas in the same sections and whatever mm. um and yeah like obviously there's always like hot life is um hot sleeping is never great but yeah no, I really enjoyed those parts and there was I was in like some beautiful areas when you're staying in the huts and so it was really cool mm. You had um, some in the in terms of logistical challenges. You had to run through Wellington to catch a flight, and then it was an early start the next day. Adam was telling us it was sort of not touch and go, yeah, but there's so, logistical issues. Well, um, because uh, I'm terrible at giving short answers, but the, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> we're terrible at hey, we're um, asking short questions. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because I had these, um, a few health issues and ended up having to go to the hospital up in Tikawiri, um, I was behind on what we had hoped with like this kind of schedule that we'd made before we left. So mum and dad had to jump on the ferry and there were no bookings left because it was Christmas time. So they jumped on the ferry on the day that we'd booked it. And then, um, we, so Adam Keane and I, um, booked flights to fly from Wellington down to the South Island. But then there was a really gnarly river crossing. Um, the rivers were really high just out of Palmerston North. And so I had to wait half a day for them to drop. And so that delayed us as well. So um, poor Adam, he arrived to like join and like, you know, have a nice wee Christmas break with me. And at four o'clock in the afternoon, as soon as he landed, we're like um, set off. And ended up running until like 11 o'clock at night that night. And then the next few days, there was a snowstorm coming through the Tararuas, just north of <gasps> Wellington. Yeah. 
So we were like getting up at three o'clock in the morning to get like tra- chasing ourselves out of um, out of that region before the snowstorms came, and then yeah, like racing to um, Wellington Airport to get this flight on time. So it was all like totally chaotic but awesome, like like wow, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm um, the, sorry, I'm Adam put up on his Instagram. You know, he he showed a a weekly mileage thing. He'd done like 260K or something like that. He's like, never again. <laughs> never <go." laughs> that- Yeah, well, it's not my fault because he <laughs> should have known what I was into. <laughs> that's right. Oh, I'm, sure I'm, I'm sure he was, yeah. he was having a laugh. But, but that sounds like a real Mission Impossible almost, like having to run from the snow and river crossings. Really cool. and like, yeah, That's the stuff that I like. That's the stuff that excites me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like three o'clock starts. And so Mina Holder and her husband James were with us in the Tararuas as well. Yeah. And they're just the most awesome people. Like three o'clock start was not a big deal to them whatsoever. Everyone was happy to get, like, and I felt so guilty because it was all obviously for my purposes. But they were all willing on their Christmas holiday to get up at crazy o'clock and it was like hailing and windy and awful and dark and there was not a compl- like not one grumble about it. Mina is just like this high-spirited, amazing human who, yeah, she loves that stuff as well. So it was cool and made it fun. And then um, running through Wellington, like we had lots of friends because I used to live in Wellington. So we had friends coming and joining and it was all a bit of excitement and then got to Island Bay and jumped in the ocean. And then we were like, right, we've got to get to the, <laughs> to the airport. So Wow. wow. And, and so you <laughs> hopped on the plane in running gear? <laughs> yep. We were disgusting we had, because mum and dad had gone on the camper. Yeah. We only had the bags that we've been carrying through wow. the Tararuas. Like it was three days earlier that they had they'd gone so we had nothing with us and so yeah we (laughs) we were and then we got to Picton we hadn't actually booked any accommodation because dad didn't think that we'd actually make it right he just was like now then and so he hadn't like and there was because it was Christmas there was nothing and so I ended up having to like um I'm good friends with Joe Sullivan I don't know he's a um he's been to the Olympics yeah rowing um and his parents live in Picton, so I had to ring and be like, do you think there's any chance we could stay at your parents' house? <laughs> <laughs> and it was, yeah, and luckily they were really lovely and welcomed us in. And so we crashed there for the night and then off into the Queen, Char- um, Queen Charlotte the next day. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it really, I mean, that's the whole thing, isn't it? You sort of, you sort of think of, like, the, just the challenge of lacing up your shoes every day and going for a run, but, but there's just all those extra things. It's quite amazing. It's the legit, like, yeah, the physical running the Ks is not the hard part, Mm. like, at all. The hard part, yeah, it's the logistics and the terrain and changing, uh, like, you know, river crossings, weather changes and things. I really missed my support crew on those, like, four days when we were sort of self-supported. Like, you know, even, like, having to buy your own food, like, <laughs> just factoring that stuff in, like, yeah. mum handing me my sandwiches yeah. when yeah. I hear yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it does, I mean, I just think about you going, dad, dad, and he's not, you know, he's not there because those four days, I mean, that must have been such an adjustment, hey, and it, it yeah. and you're doing big, I mean, what was, it, what were you kind of your average daily kilometres? Um, I think, so 
the count, like the total count up includes the two days that I wasn't running. Yeah. Uh. But um, if you divide it, including those days, I think it was like averaging um, 45 odd K in the North Island. And then in the South Island was like 60 K a day. So uh. it was a lot stronger and, and feeling a lot better by then. Wow. So. Do you, yeah. so, I mean, were you, were you okay? I mean, you had, you had two days where you could you just couldn't run. It was just. It, uh, yeah. So you'd think being a nurse that I would have been a bit more onto it. but um, Not at all. We're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I had probably like a, like a solid week of feeling pretty average, um, really battling. Um, and the, the, the Ks, I just wasn't getting the Ks done. And I, that, but it turned out to be kind of um, probably the best thing that happened because at that time, Dad and I had a bit of a um, like a heated moment because I was being stubborn and didn't want to because it, we were in an area where there was um, like Tikawiti hospitals pretty small and they couldn't do the infusion that I needed on the weekend. Um, I had to wait another day and I was just so frustrated at the whole thing and wanted to just push on. Mm. Um, and so dad sort of put his foot down and was like, no, you have to get, like, you have to get properly seen mm. you have to get on top of this. And at that time I just went, okay, give up. Cause I, the reason I was frustrated is cause I was obviously falling behind on the schedule that we that I'd hoped to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just went, right, let go of that and don't waste your two months of traveling through this country by being frustrated and not actually enjoying yourself. And so I just went, I'm not going to get a record. That's okay. Make sure you have fun instead. And we, and I let, I stopped looking at the plan altogether and mm. just, and that's why dad just t- took charge and he was, I was like, yep, yeah, you just tell me each day what you think we can achieve and that's what we'll do rather than feeling like, ah, oh, I've done 60Ks today, but the plan said to do 70, so therefore I feel like a failure. Right, um, right. Yeah. So, and then there was some – Sorry. Sorry, you go. No, 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 Kara. Um, I, I think it's, it's sort of been said throughout some of the media stories and stuff that my dad also had his own health problems to deal with um and so it was just really important to me to like embrace the opportunity to spend time with my parents and um yeah like just really make sure that it was like an awesome experience rather than just being pig-headed about yeah you know yeah and then it worked out because I was busy having fun and then I just felt better and better and it kind of came together anyway so so the irony is that 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 moment of having to pause and and deal with the iron transfusion you needed and dealing with your your dad's health and stuff actually made things better which yeah could have been a moment that you could have thrown your toys and thrown your toys out of the cot and oh well, i did do some <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you, but at that moment cot. you could have just gone oh that's it i'm out or whatever or you know it could have gone another way but you you it worked out well for you yeah yeah it was yeah and i i'm another amazing um, part to that story was the nurse that I met who looked after me. Um, she'd kind of been having a chat with, well, my mum was doing that thing where you talk over the person, even though they're right there, and she said to the nurse, do you really think she should be running tomorrow? <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, and I, yeah, you, you know exactly No, but it's so, com- it's so comforting, you know, like it's so, 
you know, you're doing this incredible thing and it's both from a parent's perspective. So being a parent of, of, you know, adolescent children and, and, and being a child as well, or, or someone who has parents, it seems like it doesn't matter who you are or what you're doing. Your mum's always your mum. Do you know what I mean? It's like you've just smashed it. You've been doing 45K days. You're in antiquity. You know you're trying to run the length of the country. And there's your mum just, you know, over the top of you. Oh, do you think she should be? You know, not that your mum talks like that, I'm sure. But um, it's just so heartening, (laughs) eh, that you actually had to deal with all the stuff that every single other child and parent. Yeah, and your parents did too because it must have been quite hard to, you know, to... I totally have to take my hat off to them because we're not, you know, we're not like, they're not professional support crew people, right? And I'm Mm. not a professional runner. And, um, yeah, so my mum really had to, because there were days when I was, like especially in that leader and Mm. obviously with my heart condition as well, I was battling pretty hard. And mum having to take off her mum hat and accept, like, right, she's determined to keep running. I have to accept that. I'm here to Mm. be her support team. She, I think she found that pretty hard mm. and, like, balancing the tough love with the, you know, well, we're still trying to make sensible, safe choices for you because you're being an idiot at the moment or whatever. Mm, mm. <laughs> so, but, yeah, what I was going to say about this nurse, they, um, I just kind of flippantly really was like, well, if you're worried, you could always come running with me. I'm doing the timber trail tomorrow. And then the next we we drove off out of reception. I think I did maybe 30K that after, like, it was a short, like I just kind of got the work done because I was still feeling pretty average. And the next morning, we got a knock on the camper van at six o'clock in the morning and we didn't even have reception. So she, there was no way she had, like, any chance to kind of confirm the plan or anything. She just turned up hoping that she was there early enough and came on her bike the whole 70Ks that day, which was epically like from a stranger like it was just the most amazing support and then turned up the next day as well and did the 40 second traverse on her bike which was just oh wow absolutely and it was boiling hot and at the end she was really wrecked um (laughs) but she just persevered the whole way through and was like yeah just a piece of sunshine in my and that, that was like a turning point because I was like man there are so many awesome people like supporting me in this and uh, yeah, it just really turned it into it. From that day on, every day felt like an adventure and better and better. Um, it was awesome. So what a legend. So it's when you let go of control, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that we, you know, we strive and, and, you know, you've got this, I guess this thing, isn't it? You have to be so in control of so much in your life, including, you know, your your, your cardiac stuff or, or you have to be aware of it, certainly, and everything, you know, you've got this thing to do. And the fact that when you decided that you didn't want to have a bummer trip down the down the island and you thought that you weren't going to get the record, you knocked it out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> and, and had a cool time doing it. Yeah, that was, I think, the thing I'm the most stoked with. Like, the record's one thing, and, and it's pretty cool. Um, but I just loved and, like, people that came along with me, they know that that's actually genuinely true. I oh, really mm, loved what I was doing. I felt so grateful to be out there and, mm. like, really um, acknowledged, like, my privilege. Like, being a Kiwi for starters, having mm. this country, 
um, having an opportunity to have two months off work and having a body that could do it, family that was willing to support me. Like there's so many factors to be, you know, grateful for. Um, mm, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, I really loved uh, I mean, I didn't love every single moment, but I loved every single day. Mm. Yeah, mm. And, and and that comes through. That comes through in your in, in in what you're saying. I can't imagine what it would be like to get down, you know, the other end of the country and be like, "We." I fought the whole way with my crew, and it was kind of boring, but I got it done. You know, like yeah. I got it oh, done in the time that I thought. I, I wonder if that would be yeah. anywhere near as satisfying. Well, that's I've said that a few times. Like, I'm there's no doubt in my mind that the next person who's more of like a athlete and more FKT focused, they'll come along and they'll smash it. No, no trouble. But will they do that and actually have fun? I'm mm, not sure. Yeah. Mm, mm, That's right. Will they have, you know, will they have mum's toasted sandwiches and, and, and this nurse with you and Adam Keane and running through the, yeah, will they have that? Probably not. Mm, mm. What, was the, what was it like as, as you got closer and as the, the, the excitement was certainly building, were you aware of that and how do you deal with that? The, my excitement or? No, the excitement of every, like people everyone. Were people were stoked. People were like, yeah, she's going to do it and and this is amazing and not just about the record but just about what you were doing. Yeah. There's something, I mean, it's incredibly, in, in some ways, you know, you've got your support crew and everything but it's it's your thing, you know, it's a personal thing. But suddenly you've got so many people, people you don't know, um, coming on, you know, coming in behind you and supporting you and it just grew and grew and grew. How, you yeah, know, were well, you aware that, of that and how do you cope with it? <laughs> um, oh, it was really humbling but also like um, kind of almost, oh, comical is not the right word, but like I am such a nobody and such a numpty when it comes to this kind of thing prior to this. Like my, like, I, like my talent is my friend selection. I am good at picking people to be around me who can look after me basically. <laughs> and I'm just like that, the, the person that comes who didn't really think it through, probably didn't pack the right gear, just thought it sounded awesome and I wanted to be there kind of thing. And so um, to have people following me and asking me like advice and things just feels crazy. Cause I, I'm just, I'm still just, this amateur runner who just likes being outside basically. But um, yeah, having like the likes of James Harkin come on the motor tap that, and like I had eight or so um, of the Queenstown Smiths group come with me that day. That was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Really cool. And such awesome energy that they brought. And then um, I think one of the, like the most special parts to me was the little kids that were interested and like mm. came along on like the last day especially um and then I've had quite a few people message me on like Instagram because Instagram is also something I was not as comfortable with I only Mm. set up a page last year for for the purpose of the run um but people that have kind of come out and you know said oh my kid's got a heart condition or or, I've got a heart condition and I'm in awe of what you're doing it's like that's just that stuff really meant so much to me. Like on the yeah. low days, I'd kind of get my phone out and have a look at a few, a few of the messages. And mm. um, yeah, it was really cool. Well, yeah. we, I mean, we were constantly having people sharing stuff. Well, Adam certainly was, uh, you know, cramming the feed with like sharing every little bit, you know, of what you were doing. But other people were reaching out as well mm. and like, I'm mm. going to meet Brock on the trail and it's going to be so cool and getting really keyed up about it. I mean, I have totally got Adam to thank for like, he was 
amazing at pushing the social media stuff because I am not good at it and also didn't have time or reception a lot of you know, <laughs> a lot of the time. Mm, mm. <laughs> and so he was such an awesome support for pushing that side because obviously that's the only way to gain donations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, he also was awesome at which I didn't even realize he was doing, but like putting it up on wild things or on Facebook saying she's coming through this area. She, she might like some support. Like there was one day, um, like my worst day by far, I had done some terrifying river crossings on an Arthur's pass on my own, um, which I laugh about now, but I was genuinely like, like in terror <laughs> at the mm-hmm. time that I was, and so the next day I had I knew I had to do more river crossings. I was doing the goats pass, the the the, the coast to coast guys mm-hmm. do. Um and so Adam just put a message out saying, Is there anyone around the region that might be able to go and help Brooke? And um Bernie O'Fagan, I don't know if you, yep. if you know who he is. No Bernie. Absolute champion. He got up at four o'clock in the morning in Christchurch to drive over and meet me as a complete stranger and like was yeah, it was just huge because the first two river crossings that day, um, like he's a pretty strong guy and even he was like, you know, we had to kind of find an e- an easier area to get across. It was wow. really strong. strong, And so without him and having been kind of shaken up the, the day prior, I probably wouldn't have pushed on. I would have waited until I could, you know, until the river dropped. And so mm, having right. someone that could help me get through, not, yeah, there was – just awesome, and, and wow. Adam kind of pulled all that together for me, and he did it again in the south and southland region um, with some gnarly weather down there. So, wow. yeah, that was pretty cool. How did you get it? I mean, I, I, in Arthur's Pass, I mean, what what were you? How did you actually? How did you get across? I mean, was did you did you just kind of pick a line and commit, or not? To, I'm not being flippant about it. I'm genuinely like, yeah, no, I just have this picture I, of this torrent. I'm scared, and I'm I'm just I'm in Auckland, and now. we're on the second floor. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, um, yeah, because, so I knew I had to go into this um, valley called Harper's Pass in um, the day before. So I had to run in, stay the night in the hut, and then I knew that there was these two river crossings the next day. And I was on my own, so I had my full, like, heavy kit with me. Mm. Um, And um, it was raining, and all day I'd been nervous, like, oh, these rivers are coming up. But I was really hopeful that I'd get to the hut and someone would be there and we could kind of plan to to cross the rivers together the next day because I'm not very experienced but I also like I don't think it was to do with my lack of experience the rivers were just genuinely mm. very high at that time um but so of course I get to the hut and there's no one in sight um and so I got up at three o'clock that morning because I just was terrified I just wanted to get out before more rain came and so I like sprinted my little heart out down to the river crossings and there were two rivers kind of side by side um, and so I managed to get across the first one and I was like, okay, that's cool. But then the second one, it just, it was just the last sort of three or four steps. And it was so frustrating because I was like, oh, it's just three steps, but it was just so strong. And it was like almost up to my belly button, like really, really swift water. Um, and so I just was like, oh, I kept backing out, trying to find a new spot. And then I eventually, um, mum and dad were watching the tracker from the camper and they said that like they'd see me, they'd think that I'd got across and then I'd be back on the other side again because I just, it was every time, just oh. couldn't quite get the last. And so I ended up like, 
and like I say, I'm laughing about it now, but I was, I sat down on the bank and said out loud to nobody, like, I don't want to be here. Like, (laughs) what do I do? Like, and I was like, my options were either to backtrack, stay in the hut and wait until the rivers dropped. But I knew that the rain was coming for another couple of days. Mm. Um, So I just tried one last time. It was like the 10th try or something ridiculous. I, I, I sat down, had a sandwich, kind of pulled myself together and then was like, right. And yeah, I've never been so stoked. Like, how do we, yeah, like got across. But then because I'd had to go so high up to get across, like it wasn't where they had suggested to do the river crossing. Um, I'd lost the markers. Oh, no. So I then spent uh-huh. two hours on the true left hoping that I was going to eventually connect back up with the trail. <laughs> like oh. they were just, it was just like, oh, it was like a horrible day. But um, And what time so, in the yeah. morning was that? Because you, you got up really, really early. So you, you, like three o'clock in the morning you got up. Yeah. So, so what? I, so was it dark when you were trying to cross these, or just getting nah, right? No, nah, the river, the river was like a good four hours running right. away from the hut. Um, but then I got out, like I eventually got out of the valley at like maybe two in the afternoon, and I was like so emotionally drained from like the stress and whatever. Mm. And then Dad's like, "Oh, you're home early. Well, do you want to go start tomorrow's day?" Or and I was like. <laughs> like what, a whole lot of river crossings through the Minga track? Like, no, that is not something I want to do. Like, I just want to sit down and pretend like today hasn't happened and I'll start again tomorrow. Oh, wow. Wow. Unbelievable. I mean, just the the ticker of you, just, um, yeah. the courage and the tenacity to, to do what uh, you've done um, is just extraordinary. I don't know if I'd use those words or if it was more like ignorance and like once I got to a spot, I was like, crap, well, I'm here now, you've got to get through. <laughs> oh. More just like stupidity maybe. <laughs> no, I think, you know, you, uh, you can picture you sitting on the side of that bank thinking, oh, I don't want to be here. I don't know if that was me. Maybe I would have just gone back to the hut. <laughs> <laughs> God, goodness oh, me. Oh, man, unbelievable. Tell us, I mean, this this did take on, you know, you've, you've spoken before just now about how people were contacting you and saying, Mike, child's got a cardiac issue and this is, means a lot seeing you do this. You, you were raising money as you were doing this. You, you, you said, who, who were you raising money for? Yeah, so for the Heart Kids organisation. And and is it the non-government organisation, charity? I mean, can you tell us about yeah, how, so, people, how people um, contribute? Yeah, so the, um, as far as I'm aware, they're the only organisation in New Zealand that supports um, kids with heart conditions and there's something like 12 new kids a week that are diagnosed with heart conditions in New Zealand so it's a pretty significant you know like they're supporting a lot of patients and their families mm. um, and then they don't get any government funding um, and so, and I've heard which has been really cool that they're, that they're amazing um, I didn't personally have support from them when I was going through my like diagnosis and things because I actually got my device put in when I was living in Perth. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was just an opportunity for me to kind of give back for, you know, for the medical care that I have received. Um, mm. And, yeah, it's been really cool to hear that apparently they they do a really good job at what they do, um, supporting, yeah, supporting the whole pathway. So it's not just like the hospital stuff. It's it, it, but it's more about, you know, helping patients get to appointments and the psychological stuff. Mm. And, like, they run camps for kids 
um, to get to know other kids that also have heart conditions so they can swap stories and feel a bit more normal and mm. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was it's really disaligned with, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And so people can still, can they still contribute? Can they still to your um, fundraising yeah, effort? Yeah, so they've still got the page open at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find the link um, or either if you just type in Brooke Thomas, Te Araroa, Heart Kids, I'm sure something will yep. come up. Or yep. else if you um, find me on Instagram, I've got a link on my bio. Yeah, and um, we'll put it in our page. show notes as well. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank mm. you. Hey, Brooke. And, and on that note, if I can just do the yes. token, but very genuine, like I haven't had a chance to go through and thank every person that's donated, but like I can honestly say that like, it was like kind of an obsession, like every day we'd, my mum and I would look and the most, the part that I loved the most was the little comments that people would put next to the donation they were giving. Um, and just, yeah, so incredible how many people supported um what I was up to. So really appreciate everyone and want, yeah, want people to know that just because I haven't messaged doesn't mean that I don't really, really appreciate. You had a bit on your plate. Yeah, you, you, were, you were busy. You were busy. <laughs> You're crossing rivers. You don't need your phone wet. <laughs> Badly. <laughs> it's that thing, isn't it? And you underplay and, and constantly, I don't know if it's a New Zealand thing, I don't know if it's a nurse thing, you know, who you are, probably a combination of all three. You've just been kind of very low-key and I think people absolutely understood what you were doing and the enormity and the gravity and also the fact that you weren't doing it. I mean, you were doing it to achieve it, but you were doing it for a greater, greater good as well. It sounds like, you know, I wouldn't be sweating the fact that you haven't written back to everyone. <laughs> I think that would if, be... it was, if I'd done it just for me, I reckon like in the hard days, it wouldn't have been enough. Like no. having, knowing that I'd kind of committed to raising funds and, and also thinking about the, like sometimes I'd spend time thinking about the, like the struggles that kids with heart conditions are going through and they don't get a choice, right? Like, mm. And so that really kept me going. I was like, well, you're here by choice because you're doing something you want to do. And, yeah, it feels hard right now, but it's not tough compared to, you know, what they're going through or, Mm. yeah. Um, So that really kept me driven, actually. Mm. How old were you when you had your uh, device put in? I was 23. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and as you say, you're thinking about those those kids who Mm. are going through it as well. It's just, you kind of know what they're going through as much as anything. Yeah, I mean, every, every story is going to be different. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot worse conditions than the one that I have. But, mm. um, yeah, just a bit of, I guess, a, a bit, bit of insight. And, and yeah. I guess also, yeah. you know, the the, the the benefit or the privilege of the, the luck of being an adult when you had your device put in, you know, like you enjoyed a, a robust, active childhood you rode, you did all those things, you know, so. Yeah. Oh, and totally. as you said, lots of kids, they don't get that chance. Yeah. Or that choice. Yeah, yeah for sure. Oh. Well, thank you. I mean, like, thank you so much for, um, for 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 just thinking of others. That's a it's a it's a lovely thing that you've done. Not to be too simplistic about it. Yeah. Thank you. And and, and I agree. And taking, <laughs> taking everyone on that on on your journey, as it were, which is I mean, that's a terrible way of putting it. But that's what you've done. You've you've taken a lot of people with you on this incredible journey that you've been on. Well, it's been a total privilege and pleasure. Like, <laughs> I feel like I got all the joy. So, yeah, yeah thanks to everyone that, that, that supported me. And is this something that you, I mean, is, we live in such interesting times. 
if you had the opportunity to, I don't know, go somewhere else and try another long trail or a long event or a long experience, is that something that you, you look to do in the future or is it enough for now? <laughs> One and, and done. I, um, I totally would love to, like now that I actually know a thing or two, <laughs> yeah. like I'm like, ah, oh, that's what I was meant to do at the start. Okay. Like I'd love to do it again knowing what I know now. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm excited because I've, because I've never really, um, serious. Like I've, like I said, I've always run for fun. I never had a watch before or like time, like I'd entered a, a couple races, but nothing with any serious training or, you know, just doing races with my sisters or whatever. Um, so now I'm kind of excited to see if I can go a bit faster and, um, yeah, I, I definitely still love running, but mm. I, definitely do not have the support of my parents for any more attempts <laughs> of any they're like that's it you get one you should start pimping yeah. your dad out to other people <laughs> <laughs> well I've got um, like two sisters and a brother and they're all like well what's, what are we going to get now like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like definitely in debt for the rest of my life to my whole family so. oh that's a good one at Christmas I so you supported Brooke across the whole country but um, you can't mind the kids for a weekend so we can go away. <laughs> I know. We're <laughs> 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 just banking in it. <laughs> Brilliant. Hey, Brooke, thank you so, so much. We do have to ask you one more question, if you don't mind. And that is, Brooke it. Thomas, what is your greatest run ever? Uh, I had 3,000 Ks to think about this question because I listened to your <laughs> podcast a lot <laughs> while I was running. Um, and I think the answer I meant to give you is um, – uh, this one time a couple of years. So I, I used to work um, on the route burn during the relocation cars. And, mm-hmm. um, oh, cool. And uh, there was, yeah, that's actually how I met Adam Keane of Aerobic mm-hmm. Edge, the best coach of all time. <laughs> you give him a <laughs> like, I, His, his yeah. mullet's just grown a little bit in length. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the answer I meant to be giving you. But the answer I actually have um, – Last year, um, on a night shift, um, I just said, so I was really good friends with one of the doctors and we did a lot of running together. Um, and I said to her, oh, I'm contemplating entering um, the South Island 100K, um, but I don't know, it's flat, it might not be that exciting, but then at least if it's flat, it's possibly more achievable. And I was just like, tossed the idea around, it was like three o'clock in the morning. And then a patient bell went off, and so I went to go and answer it. And I came back, and she's like, yeah, so I've booked us both in. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, crap. Um, But then it got cancelled because of COVID. And so what we did was so awesome. Um, We Neither of us backed ourselves. We'd never done, like, I think the furthest I'd run before that was Kepler. Um, And so I had no idea if I could do 100K. And so just after lockdown, we planned, well, it, again, it was a really last-minute decision, but um, we just did, like, three loops around Queenstown, the three different loops, but each time looped back to the car so that if we needed to bail, we could. Um, and it was just the most epic day. We got beautiful weather, um, amazing moon, like, because we were running into the – I had finished work at midnight the night before, and so it was, like, a late start and kind of a very last-minute decision, but it was – awesome and such a cool thing to do with a friend that also like both of us were testing out our limits mm. um yeah so i think that's got to be my my high 
Brilliant. It's just the kind of archetypical stuff that happens on night shift that probably shouldn't happen on night shift, but does happen on night shift kind of. Kind of this <laughs> totally. <time. laughs> like the great decisions that you make at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so, so much. That sounds amazing. And um, your whole, I'm just thinking of you at that moment, not sure if you could run 100K. And now you've just run more than 3,000. So, you know, um, how we grow, don't we? So thank you so, so much for all your time and congratulations again. Oh, thank you, guys. It was awesome to, yeah, awesome to get the chance to talk about it. Um, I feel like there's a limited amount of time before you have to stop talking about this one time that you did this run, you know. <laughs> I reckon so it's awesome. I think you got a while. Nice yeah, you got it. It's been a week. You got a, you got at least a couple of years, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on who you um, who you ask. <laughs> Maybe not see mum and dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Brooke. Awesome. Cheers, guys. When she was describing those crossings, yeah. river crossings, I think I started sweating. Oh, look, it, it, you think about it, eh? like, we all talk about, you know, ultras and everything like that, and there's, there's this degree of difficulty, a degree of chance of something going wrong. Mm. That's off the charts. You're in a valley by yourself. You trip, mm. you go down. You're gone. You're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean... Amazing, and as she said, you know, Bernie O'Fagan, he's a solid dude, you know, yeah. like he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a fit man, he's a unit, and and he was getting sort of blown back. But good on him. I mean, you know, him and so many others, you know, getting yep. up at four o'clock in the morning, driving across to, to run with Brooke. Hats off to you, and hats off to you, Brooke. Unbelievable, absolutely legend, yep. absolutely wonderful, and hats off to your dad as well, you yeah. <laughs> and your, your mum, your crew, your crew, yeah. What's oh, her coach's name? I don't know. Some some guy. Some dude. Adam someone? Yeah. Not sure. He's yeah. all right. He's yeah, all right. He's, he's quite right. a guy. Yeah, he's okay. Yeah. No, Adam came from aerobic edge. He's fantastic. Yep. So yep. Thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. You can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com and you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and other podcast platforms. And you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. If you're not where you want us, if you're not where we want... Oh. If we're not where you want us, let us let know. Us know. No one ever has, by the way. <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and rate us. Also, if you like what you see, please spread the love. It would be great if many people heard the show as possible. And for that, we need your help. We also love hearing your greatest runs ever. So send them in. Um, and you can read them on our website and you can listen to them just like you did earlier with Chantel's one. Uh, you can send them into us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And thank you to our sponsors, Scott Running, Ultra Spire, Further Faster, Spring Energy and CLE. And thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. And we've got another really great guest lined up next week. So tune in then. Kakite. Kakite. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>